Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hi everyone, this is Jeremy Soule and you're listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hello, I'm Tony. I'm Brandon. I'm Colin. Tony, can you say your your voice, like, or say your name and your actual voice? Sure, sorry. <laughs> that was his actual voice. <laughs> Hi, like, I'm Tony. It's like one of those little, like, um, those little child caricatures from, <laughs> uh, you know, Latin American television. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Bobby. I'm trying to cling to the memories of my childhood. I'm gonna go on an adventure. Where's my bicycle? Bicycle, motherfucker! That's how Howie Mandel does it, ladies this, and gentlemen. This is not. This is not a '90s children's television episode of Nerdy Show. This oh is my a, god! This is a video game episode of Nerdy Show. It's it's always good when when episodes get derailed, oh. but it's usually good when they get derailed later. And so, <laughs> so Ellen so, DeGeneres, so, that's what I'm thinking. So sorry. that we can we can you know uh, set up the episode. Mm. People will have expectations for what we're actually well, this, going to I'm, I'm going to turn this recording into a four hour ordeal that you will hate. <laughs> you will hate. How much? What time is it? It's been 23 minutes. Let's start. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to talk about Grand Theft Auto 5, which is, of course, I guess the best-selling uh, thing in entertainment ever. Pretty much. It, it is. BET. Well, it, it sold more copies on its first day, or rather, it sold. It had more money on its first day than the previous best-selling, which was uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty Black Modern Ops. Warfare. Know, there's Black Ops 2. That's what it was. Black Ops 2. It hit $800 million on its first day. Yeah. And in wow. three days, hit a billion dollars. Guys, we're in the wrong business, I think. We need to make Grand Theft Auto ripoffs and call them GAT5. Saints Row just released some free downloadable content for the game called GAT5. So uh, so we're going to be talking about Grand Theft Auto 5, and the big feature for this episode is that we've interviewed Michael Menheim, the creator of Mutant League Football, who's bringing uh, that franchise back from the dead, resurrecting it with modern technology via Kickstarter and crowdfunding, and bringing it back as Mutant Football League. It has been rebuilt. Stronger. Faster. We have the technology. Exactly. So Josh and I got together, Josh from Ghostbusters, and we, uh, we interviewed him. We're going to be playing that later in this episode, so talking GTA 5. Talking Mutant Football League with the creator of the Mutant League football franchise. Talking about the cartoon show Mutant League Football, which I was a big fan of. Um, we'll get into that in just a few. Um, oh, it's not an actual football league then. Because I don't follow sports. Oh, well, guys. depending on how you I qualify football, because a lot of them use steroids and are practically mutants. 
Oh, would you think it was a satirical? Oh, sorry, a satirical thing, depending on what part of the country you're from. Do you think it was satirical? It is the game. Answer is, me right now. It is 100% satirical. Okay. It I hope you asked him that question sass. when the interview comes oh, up. I, 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 satirical I don't, themed I don't, football. I don't need to ask him that thing. question. He he goes. He t- he speaks at length about uh, just how satirical it is of the entire sports industry Ooh. and how how now that uh, and yet he made it for kids. I I don't think Mutant League was for kids ever. I don't think the Star and, Wars prequels were for kids ever. What are you saying? I'm just saying. <laughs> I couldn't understand what the fuck they were talking about in the Senate. Can you? Can you? Tell me right now that you understood what was going on in those movies. What is he doing to me? <laughs> Dude, I didn't give supreme emergency powers. <laughs> I know what's about to no! happen. I can't, I can't follow any of this. Emperor Palpatine was actually waging legislation on the mutant so, football league. You're here to talk in, about in the Star the, Wars prequels. In the spirit of Grand Theft Auto, Brandon is smoke crack. Oh, man. And hijacks the conversation. Uh, so going back to Mutant Football League, League of Football. Yes. It was a satire. He talked about it at length was, in the yeah, interview. Yes, yes. That's I mean, awesome. You want, you want to learn things about um, some stuff that went on with the original Mutant Football, Mutant League Football franchise, the things that could have been. Uh, he talks about that and where they're going forward now and why the game, the new game is going to kick ass. And it was, it's a really great interview. So we will, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there, guys. Uh, but first, time, you know, obviously we're going to talk about GTA 5 and I think most of us here have been playing it. But uh, what, what else has everybody been playing? I, I have not actually played GTA 5 yet. Um, I'm waiting for the online parts to be activated. But also, I've been playing two other games that have been taking up all of my time. One is Dragon's Crown that we've, we, talked to, well, we talked about during the E3 coverage at, at length a bit. How and is that? It is ridiculously good. And I will go into that shit right now if you want. It's pretty much the best Vita game. Go for it. it okay, it's the best Vita game. It's one of the best PS3 games. Um, if you don't know, it's a Vanillaware game. It's a completely 2D, hand-drawn game. It, it's like... RPG, you get levels. Mm-hmm. Um, there are areas you go to. Um, it's completely online at certain points. At basically, halfway into the game, you activate the online feature, and it's kind of like Dark Souls, where people can just drop into your game anytime. You can drop in other people's games. It's seamless. It's great. You get levels. You get treasure. The story's a little slow, but I don't care about the story. It's a really, really fun game. I've been playing that every single time I have to poop. <laughs> I play the hell out of that on my Vita. And here's the thing: you can transfer any of your characters to the PS3. Oh, very nice. Here's the bad thing. You have to buy the game for PS3. If you buy one, you don't get both. So I actually spent $90. <laughs> I bought uh, Dragon's Crown for PS3 and the Vita just so I'm like, oh, I'm playing it here. And now and I'm playing oh, I've it gotta, here. I've got a poop. Let me transfer my character to the Vita so I can continue playing in the bathroom. That is really expensive toilet paper, essentially. Yeah, but I don't regret it because I've, I love, they're both slightly different play mechanics. And I love both of them. I've played about 80 hours and I've been playing every single character, trying to unlock all the artwork, all the achievements. There's, the game is really long. I still haven't beaten it on the, all the difficulties. It, it unlocks more stuff the more you do. So what I've been... What is the game? What does it do? Like, what, what are you doing in this game? What does the game do? That, that's Colin? You move right and you hit things. That, that's I, I guess very... I should explain it. I have no idea what this game is. You're just like, oh, this is the best game ever. And then I have no idea what this is. That's, that's true. Golden um, Axe. It's, it's a side-scrolling, beat-em-up, loot-hunting game. It's Golden Axe, but you get level, stats, and customizable skills. Okay. Pretty much. And it's all hand-drawn and really fun. But it, yeah, it's, it's essentially Golden Axe when I think about it. There's different classes. There's the Sorcerer, Wizard, the Warrior, the Amazon. I think it's even a spiritual successor to Golden Axe. It's also highly criticized for its uh, extreme sexuality. Assets, yes. Um, I was criticized by who? People who don't play it. People, people with no boobs or muscles. <laughs> yeah, that's it what I'm talking ha- about, has, and I've um, got both. 
It has so. undergone a lot of controversy, both for and against, because of the art style. The sorceress in particular is a particularly well-endowed I don't, lady. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you don't like it, don't play it and don't buy it. But the, the argument that's come down, and I've seen it phrased, that it's kind of sexism versus sexuality, and it is a very hypersexual game without necessarily being sexist. Even the men are hypersexual. It's not like they just pick the women. Well, then that's then that's super fair. And yeah. that well, should, there's an elf. That there's should an get elf a, that doesn't, a, a thumbs up stamp. And the elf girl doesn't have gigantic sexual boobs everywhere. I mean, she kicks things with her sexy boots. Does anyone have dick nipples? No, there are well, no dick the nipples. Dwarf, Nor are there shitting bit. dick nipples. Here's a, you know what? Hold on. Let me ask Brandon something. Yes, Brandon, is the game fun? Why, yes, it is. The end. The game's fun. It doesn't matter. I asked myself. Good. There. Okay. Pretty much like Golden Axe, but with levels. Okay. Done. Well, I'm, I'm glad you Golden Axe yourself a question. Oh, I see oh. what you did there. The other thing I've been... with Undercap? I was really reaching. I did another thing. <laughs> I did another thing recently that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> okay. But now I'm hooked on it. It's, it's a, you're hooked on murdering it's a little, okay well, besides my hobbies which we all know my hobbies so whatever get over it final fantasy 14 uh-huh yeah i started you, you playing tracked it. Down a copy of it i, tell, I finally I got it. a copy after two weeks of them stopping all sales because no one could log on to the game because there were too many people here's the story let me just break it down for you the original final fantasy 14 was an online game whatever Mm-hmm. It was doing terrible. They were shutting it down. I've never wanted once to play one of the Final Fantasy However, online games. It looks shitty. I saw images of what they did to destroy the world, and it was quite amazing. There were gigantic airships of invading armies everywhere. Really loud, really noisy. This star, every day you played the game, got closer and closer and closer to the ground and started uh-huh. to morph things. And then the world got destroyed, and that's how they ended it. Now the new Final Fantasy fourteen, you're playing that world after it got destroyed. Which You're is why it's called A Realm Reborn. Yes, which is, okay. I think, kind of clever. But Th- in the same way, pretty cool. it, there's some really amazing videos and story elements that explain why it happened and showing it happen in the war and all this stuff. And it's been really fun. It is, you know, a standard MMO, but with lots of Final Fantasy shit going on. But it's way better than the original Final Fantasy fourteen. And so many millions of people are hooked on it to the point where they did not understand that people were going to, you know, like the new one. But they do. And it's really fun. Oh, hooray. Good for them. I look forward to 15, The tra- provided the trailer lives up, yeah. like, the game lives up to the yeah. trailer. You have to pay for a subscription, which kind of sucks, but you know. But, but the new Final Fantasy fourteen is, is so far really, really good, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Excellent. What about you, Colin? You, uh, you had any time to play any games? I'm playing uh, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Oh, the new one? Yeah, and it is fucking amazing. That, it that's is, awesome. It uh, is the spiritual successor to the Sega game, and it is... One of the most beautiful games I've played in a really long time. It really captures the spirit of those old games. It's just wonderful. It's not exceptionally hard, but it's really just fun. We had a great time with it at uh, at E3 this year, and it, yeah, it, it did look great. And I really like the way that it turned the original game on its head and changed the kept it so true to the original, but also changed the presentation in a really fun and invigorating way. Is everything yeah. here a spiritual successor? Well, yes. at, at the very least, it gets to be... Um, is there a physical successor anywhere? Those are generally called sequels, and those are looked down upon. Just, okay. Just bringing that up. And Tony? Uh, I've actually... I, I, picked up a Wii, I picked up the Wind Waker Wii U and have been playing the Wind Waker HD remake. Now, how is that different from the original Wind Waker? It's, it's prettier. That's pretty much it. it All it, right. It was already a ludicrously pretty game, and now it's even prettier. Can you they, see more of the vast, empty ocean? You can. You can even traverse the vast, empty ocean Can you? Faster. Can you see all That's the... That's important. <laughs> no, they, they, have in, they have 
giving you a second sail. You can upgrade your sail. At oh, one point fuck that. That's awesome. And go faster. <laughs> I'm serious. What they needed is, that in the original fucking game. And honestly, on the Wii U, I'm using the Wii U's controller to do it. And they've done something that is absolutely brilliant. Anybody who's played the Ocarina of Time uh, 3DS remake mm-hmm. knows how wonderful it was just to have your items in the back that you were able to kind of select. Now that's on the Wind Waker. You can you can just tap and drag an item into one of the three button slots instantaneously. Sweet. That's fucking great. It is. It plays wonderfully. It's a great game. It was a great game before. The art style really lends itself to an HD upscaling because none of the textures were that complicated to begin with. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun. Eh. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I have one question for you though, Tony. Yes. Yes. Hit me. Is the uh is the manfish still there? And frightening. The fish. Absolutely. You also have Good. the sploosh. Good. Sploosh. Wait, is that manfish the stupid thing that looks like a nineteen like thirties gangster? He's like, Mah. come on, fry. No, yeah, that is remember. the best thing I ever. Remember remember. Shut your mouth. Well, here's I would be I would be one hundred percent sold on the Wind Waker HD remake if they had gone ahead and taken you know all this what like over a decade of time. And uh, gone ahead and finished the fucking game. You know, they they had like one or two more dungeons planned, which is why it's such a short game with so much vast nothingness in it. And it's a really great game, except that it's they they could have made the game they wanted to make in all this time and improved it graphically, and they didn't do it. And that kind of kills me a little inside. Cap, when's the last Don't start time? Talking sense, Cap. When's the last time Nintendo did something that they should have done? Exactly. It's, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, exactly. Brandon. I mean, when is the last time that Nintendo has made you happy? Like, really, really, truly happy. Well, uh, when they released Earthbound recently. And have you bought a Wii U because of it? I, I haven't bought a Wii U because of it, but I will. I have intentions of buying a Wii U because of it. I just, uh, I, I'm replaying Majora's Mask right now, and I've been doing it very slowly, and I don't know how the save states shift over, so I wanted to make sure that my game, which is almost complete, would be protected. So I'm going to finish that up on my Wii, and then buy a Wii U. Uh, actually, I can alleviate that. You can transfer all of your Wii data. From the Wii to the Wii U. I, I figured it was. They actually I, have a separate menu for the yeah, Wii U. Okay. You just you take the SD card and you just read it over. It takes five but minutes to load, but, you know. Just the Wind Waker HD remake being available now is actually something kind of cool that Nintendo's been doing with their digital distribution. They're one of the few companies that seems to realize that when you have a game that's ready to ship, you know, it's, it's ready, it's out, you're just waiting on production to finish up, that you've got the digital files, you can send those out to people. So I'm playing the game two weeks before it hits shelves. That might be the smartest thing that I've ever done. That is actually amazing. I didn't have any. I had no idea. Yeah, it wow. doesn't. It doesn't actually come out till October, and I'm playing the game because I was able to download it. And they've done this with other games. They I were wish one of the Sony first. would do that. Sony's starting to do Dicks. day one, day one digital downloads. Well, yeah, and but then it's been like doing that forever. Oh no, no, Sony's been doing day one digital downloads. But let me explain how day one works with Sony. Eight the hours game later. came out at 10 a.m. in all retail stores, but at 11 p.m. that night, you can finally download it. Fuck you, Sony. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That's not, how digital yeah, downloads are. So not good enough for Brandon. In terms no. of things that Nintendo's doing smartly, I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up in the positive <laughs> okay. column. Uh, I've been playing uh, TMNT Out of the Shadows, the new Ninja Turtles game. Uh, I've only been playing it a little bit, so I feel like I can't give it a full-blown review. There's Blow a, that review. There's a lot of things I like about it, but also I'm a little hesitant to say that it's a great game. It may be like a game that you will want to play if you're a Ninja Turtles beat-em-up fan but it might not actually hold your attention otherwise. Uh, I feel like there may be some significant problems in the fighting, but in, it's one of those games where you, you, you start off with a very standard moveset and you level up as you go mm-hmm. uh, based on experience points and all that, and I feel like maybe they actually start you sort of disabled 
and it improves. Like they hold your hand. Like, like oh, you don't know how to jump yet, well, but you will next level. They, they they do they do hold your hand a great deal. But I think that the the fight the fighting and the communication between the four characters because you actually rapidly switch between the brothers to pull off combo moves, uh, which is a really cool feature. I think it's actually kind of um, made ineffective at the start of the game because of how few you abilities you have. Yeah. It, it it actually feel, makes it feel broken. Um, but I haven't figured out if it is if it is broken or if it, the brokenness was an illusion. And it's going, if you have to figure out in a game whether or not something's then broken, then you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. But I did watch you play it for a couple minutes, and the combat looked way better than any of the other fucking Ninja Turtle beat 'em up games. Combat is pretty okay. People actually blocked or like connected with your weapon. You know, when you attacked them, it wasn't just like ah swing and yeah. Well, and magically hit things. By comparison to what the options have been for the last like mm, I don't know ten years or whatever, it's one. Of the, it's definitely one of the better games, and it, it does uh, like a lot. There's a ton of fan service. I mean, the, the title screen they play um, uh, T U R T L E Power by Partners in Crime from uh, the yes. original film. Yes, uh, I know it's fucking cool. <laughs> That's probably the Colin, best part. Do you need a minute. One of my favorite parts is as you play the story, uh, the storyline. The story is miserable. I mean, like it is fucking <laughs> awful. Yay! Um, here's let me let me let me before, before worse I get than into the this. second movie or better. It's hard to equate. Really, it's <laughs> it it's the game is thematically based on the universe established by the Nickelodeon cartoon show, but in the style is very much its own, and the art style of the game is really cool because it's hyper realistic, sort of. However, it doesn't have any of the voice actors from the show, which is stupid. And why the hell not? I mean, I, I know they're some of them are, are film stars, so they're kind of expensive, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, the voice acting is pretty bad. Except for Splinter, who I think might actually be the voice actor of Splinter from the original live-action films. I haven't confirmed it yet, though. I haven't looked it up. The writing is just, it's really bad. They couldn't, because they were like, well, we're in the animated universe, but we're not. Like, if they just just gone for it and just been like, okay, we're in the animated universe, we're in continuity even. Like, if they'd done that, it would have been better, but it's... it's So it sounds like they didn't know what they wanted to do. Yeah, it's really indecisive, which has led to a bland, stupid story that begins with, surprise, April's kidnapped. See, the thing I've always wondered is... We save April every day! (laughs) (laughs) The thing I don't understand is why no one's ever tried to create a new TMNT game that's like a huge blockbuster hit, like any of the new Batman games or the Spider-Man games that came out. Like, just a huge... Like million dollar, well, several million dollar, like game that's just incredibly innovative, incredibly fun. Not well, just a beat em up, downloadable I, crap game. I, I think that honestly, TMNT is not a, a trusted title for that large of a draw. I don't think that they could spend a ton of money to, I don't think they would see the return on it. Honestly. What? Did you play the original one for NAS? That one was the shit. That was awesome. No, that it, is it was is it is shit. What I mean, it's hard. What no, about that? It's that's broken. It's actually, Remember the stage yeah. with the dam? I don't no, understand. The end of the game anyway, for everybody like, who was playing it. It's, it's a pretty okay game if you enjoyed the original beat 'em ups. It, it's it's been pretty good for me so far. But the best part, the best part is that there's an arcade mode, which is the which is true to say game classic games like uh, uh, Turtles in Time, the original Turtles arcade game. That you uh, you unlock stages as you play the story mode. So there is an incentive to trudging through the story mode, which is you unlock this really fantastic arcade game that can be four players and it's multiplayer. It's, yeah, multiplayer on couch, couch multiplayer. It's really cool. It's I would gladly play through the entire game just to unlock more levels of the arcade game and then get to play with my friends. I wish I could have it all at once, but whatever. So uh, wait a minute, on the story, you can't play with, that's not co-op? No, you, you, you can. Actually, I'm not sure if it's couch co-op or not, but there is an online mode. Um, okay. Anyway, enough about that. We will uh, we'll talk about GTA Five a little bit later, but right now, Josh and I are going to talk to Michael Menheim, the guy behind Mutant League Football and the new Mutant Football League.
Uh, the game is on Kickstarter right now. We're going to talk more about all the features and all the, the aspects of the game, but suffice it to say, if uh, if you have any love for the original game, the animated series, any of that, right now we're going to That cut- interview sounds awesome. I want to listen to it right now. Well, uh, right now we're going to cut to a track, and when we get back, Josh and I will talk to Michael Menheim. Random Encounter just put out a brand new album called Let Me Tell You a Story. We got an album review done by Channing from Derpy Show up on the website. Right now we're going to play you a track off that. I think it's unanimously the best love track from the record. It's called Swamp Witch. Listen to me, children, let me tell you a tale of a witch who's far from frail. She lives there in the woods, just a bit over yonder. And snatches little children who survey their mothers and fathers. guys we are about to talk to michael mendheim the creator of mutant league football and the Woo! guy the guy behind its resurrection as the mutant football league this is of course cap and with me i've got our very own ghostbuster josh hello and uh, a little bit of background on ourselves josh you're a big fan of the game right yeah i played it uh, endlessly on the sega genesis i absolutely loved it it was back when it had the huge ea cartridge mm-hmm. uh, that the genesis uh they tried to push for a while on the genesis that eventually fell off but man i wore that game out literally that's awesome uh, me my relationship with it is more vicarious i owned a super nintendo but it didn't have a genesis so my relationship with mutant league was mostly via game pro magazine and me uh just sort of fantasizing about playing a game that sounded that cool and then the, the animated series came out and i was a big fan of that so i've always had uh 
a special place in my heart for the incredible concept of Mutant League football. Mario Kart's my favorite racing game, so I want to take a sports concept and I want to make it more fun and more surreal and more fantastic, and Mutant League always seemed to me that if I ever got a chance to play it, it would be my football game. It most certainly would. Okay, <laughs> so with that introduction, we have Michael Minheim on the phone. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Josh and Cap, thank you so much for having me uh, on here. I'm looking forward to this interview. We're looking forward to having you. <laughs> yeah, dude. We, I, I woke up one morning with an, a PR email in my inbox that told me that something I'd been waiting to hear forever, that Mutant League football was actually going to be remade. I mean, just like you said in your Kickstarter video, a new Mutant League has been something that's been requested by all of the internet for a very long time now. In my mind, it's always seemed like a sure bet. So the fact that, you know, you're here on the show and we're talking about a new Mutant League, that's the coolest thing ever. Even before the internet, I remember being like a (laughs) a 10-year-old kid and like Madden came out every year, you know, and we play Mutant League. Me and my buddy, my buddy Matt and my buddy Cody be sitting on my bed playing Mutant League and just laughing, you know, at the explosions and guts and stuff. And then like the next year came along. We're like, hey, when do you think the next Mutant League is going to come out? You think they would like Madden, they're going to do another one every year. And then every year after that, asking the same <laughs> question and just having our hopes dashed upon the hard rocks of reality. You know, actually, at EA, we had like the whole floor that was working on Mutant League games. And we were working on the hockey game. We were working on a football sequel. We were working on a basketball game. And we were working on, believe it or not, a racing game. Oh, man. (laughs) So if you guys remember Road Rash, that was a game that was like programmed by uh, programming genius Dan Geisler. It was kind of like Road Rash, only with more different types of vehicles and stuff. But it, it it was really cool. And then, you know, one day, just like I say in my video, boom. It was done. Yeah, you said the franchise was killed and also the game was suddenly canceled. And, and that sounds like more than, man, <laughs> a whole department was canned. What happened, man? Right. Are you- well, we, we actually got Mutant League Hockey out. We got it out a little faster than we would have liked. I, you know, that game needed a little bit more uh, baking in the oven. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I, I get the fans liked it and it had some really cool ideas like guys falling through ice and then you mm-hmm. can see them under the ice floating underneath <laughs> while you're skating over them stuff like that i love the slug zamboni oh yeah and he left a little trail on the ice too mm-hmm. so this game we're doing a brand new game brand new franchise you know none of the characters none of the storylines you know the game view is <laughs> going to be different it's it's a brand new franchise and it's called mutant football league yes the mfl we are definitely looking to put it on mobile systems. We're looking to put it on current gen systems. We're looking to put it on PC. And obviously, we'd like that to go to next generation systems. It's just, you know, right now we're just trying to get it out on a mobile device and on the PC. And that's our core focus right now. And then we will be pushing it out to other systems, providing that our Kickstarter campaign is successful and i need like all the mutant league fans out there and i know you guys are out there I'm definitely one of them and help drive our campaign because without our fans without the people that want to see this game happen it's not going to happen and hopefully there's a lot more people like me who simply think the concept is awesome all i need to know is that it's a football game with mutants and monsters and robots and aliens fighting against each other in an arena that wants to kill you and all fatalities on the field stick i mean that's 
awesome. It is amazing. If that sounds cool to you, you can get in on the lowest tier and you actually get the digital version of the game like for 13 bucks. That's incredible. And uh, for 25 or 30, depending on what perks you want, you can get the Xbox or PS3 version. So this is, I feel, a no-brainer Kickstarter. Well, yeah, we're we're struggling right now. And all I've got to say is the team that we put together is going to be fantastic. And like you guys are pitching the game great and you know the product. And the only thing that I'd say you kind of left out of that pitch, what having is it? everything else perfectly correct for uh-huh. me to hire you guys to do <laughs> is the humor of the game. And the humor and the parodying of the professional sports world, kind of like what Family Guy and the Simpsons does to family values, is what we do to professional sports. And if you kind of look at all the lunacy we've had over the last two years with professional sports, I mean, it's murders and, you know, the Blade Runner guy and his girlfriend and Lance Armstrong and Mante Teo and his fantasy girlfriend. Like, there's so much rich stuff to parody (laughs) while you play your characters that, you know character skeleton doing a Tebow and being overly religious to the God of, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just going to be killer. And we're going to like take no prisoners. And that's what's kind of fantastic about being independent. That's you know, awesome. The stuff we want to do, we can't do with like a major publisher who's representing tons of sports stars. I mean, that's true. If you so, want to pull that d- distributing through EA is completely out of the question. Like, no, we have relationships with these people. You can't do that. Right. ESPN and all of that. So where Mutant League needs to go is like the exact opposite of where the NFL is going. Here's what I mean. It's very difficult right now with the NFL, right? Because they're worried about concussions and they're worried about like moms not letting their kids play Pop Warner football. And it's a big deal. And they've just paid, you know, a, a small pittance, but, you know, something significant just to try and bury that whole concussion thing. What's happening in the game now is players are not being allowed to hit. And, you know, when you got two guys cruising as fast as they can run and jumping through the air, it's hard to target like these specific locations, right? Right, right. So if you don't get it on right, and even if you do, Bostic in the preseason game had such a classic, unbelievable hit that the NFL is showing on replays, and he got fined for a perfectly clean hit. They're trying to clean up the game, right? But football, I mean, it's like a gladiator sport. I mean, that's why we love football. We love the grace of the passing and the strategy, but it's like war on the field. Mutant League football, guys get penalized for not hitting enough. Guys get penalized for not (laughs) killing enough, not being rough enough. So we just, everything the NFL does, we turn on a 180 and we just like do the opposite. That reminds me of of another mid-90s show, Mighty Max. There's a scene where a portal opens in the middle of a football field and Norman, who's eternal guy uh, and a warrior who was once known as Thor, he says like of the game, you know, like, I like it. It'd be better with swords. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, being able to play with that amount of depth of like commentary is quite incredible. That's where guys like Jay Lender and Dave Elliott and Micah Wright come in. Jay wrote on SpongeBob, Micah Wright did Call of Duty, uh, Zombies. Dave Elliott is a comic, you know, legend. And these guys all have really twisted sense of humor, as do I, right? Mm-hmm. So the stuff that we want to do, I mean, we actually want to have like announcers, right? And we want to play off of current announcers and old announcers. <laughs> like Howard Postel with a martini, you know, we really want to parody that, but we parody it 
because we love it and we live it. And football is my favorite sport. I'm completely addicted to it. I love football. I love the announcers. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can have fun with. The writing staff that you have, Dave Elliott and Jay Linder, like it's good stock. Jay also did Phineas and Ferb, which is immensely popular right now. And oh yeah, Dave Elliott's background, Weirding Willows and Heavy Metal. I'm it, what, oh, yeah. what more could you want for something like Mutant League? And also the art department, like Dave DeVries, who's done like Marvel trading cards, and uh, Simon Beasley, who's done Lobo. Him especially, like wow, yeah, it fits like, perfectly. The, <laughs> the epitome. He, that guy knows badass artwork. I did a graphic novel called Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and Simon did all the art for that graphic novel. It was a trilogy, and he's awesome. Hey, Simon's a pain in the ass at times, but he (laughs) is a genius, right? He Mm. is an Eisner award-winning genius. He's just like, he's a party guy, and he has fun, and anything can happen when you're with Simon. I mean, you can be in Comic-Con in San Diego, and then you're flying to Turkey. Turkey, you know, and that wouldn't surprise you at all. That's just Simon. <laughs> nice. So is, is this game, uh, the art department, uh, you're essentially creating sprites like, like in the first game, right? Well, different strategies for different consoles. It's going to be a little bit mix of uh, 3D and 2D, but it's primarily 2D on the characters. That's for sure. But a lot of like the gore and destruction effects will be 3D effects. When we move over to next-gen systems, I mean, we obviously, we we need to take the game into a 3D world, but that is quite an investment and an astronomical pursuit. So we need the game to be successful on like current gen systems and on tablets before we take that leap. That's a good strategy, you know, get get the brand back. And I, the way I see it is, you know, Mutant League is an undeniably a concept that people are always going to want to see something that crazy. And people are always going to want to play football. And especially if there are tools to help these people be very competitive against each other. Yeah. And also, you, you I mean, you're talking about changing up the game and like expanding what was already great about it and doing really cool new things. In the press release, I read that there's a uh, customizable characters and teams there's like so much cool stuff to talk about um (laughs) yes customizable characters now we're not going to go full-blown on this first pass out it's kind of a long-term strategy sure but i absolutely want you to be able to build your own team and name your players and give them numbers and put your little attributes in them and all of that good stuff and it looks like we're going to be able to do that and then as we get further along obviously i want to have a create player where you can make bigger guys and you can create creatures and put this head on this body and you know (laughs) do that kind of thing so that's long term another cool thing that we've added well there there's two but one is like the idea of an enforcer and this idea actually i've had for a while where you'd like have a guy who's in chains right on the bench and he's way bigger than everybody else (laughs) and he doesn't catch you know he doesn't throw He just stomps and eats people. He's like a wrecking ball in a china shop type of thing that you get to bring out. And then he does his mayhem and then he either dies or a penalty finally gets called on him. And he goes into this great big electric chair in the penalty box and they sizzle him to ashes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea. (laughs) So it'd be be something like an expendable resource like timeouts. That you would pull Release out when you need it. Release the in. You know, <laughs> one of those. So, like on the Kickstarter, we've got where you can buy your own enforcer, and you can name him, put in stats on this character, and then we'll uh, make a poster of your character, and then he'll be in the game, and then other people could potentially 
find this character in little um, trading card packs that we give. So we don't charge for the trading card packs. You earn them as you play. And then you get the trading cards and you open them up. And you get funny little interesting facts about the players in the league. And it's really funny. It's like Wacky Packages Mute League. But we give like goodies in there, too, that you can use in the game. And one of the great cool goodies is you get an enforcer guy, right? And then Uh you can put him on your roster. And it's that guy who named him and created this little bio for him. That's the guy on your bench. So it's just kind of cool stuff in the game like that. And we also have another one where you could actually be a character in the game. And you'll pick your species and your number and position you want to play. And then we'll have an artist do a portrait of you, but we'll make you into a monster, mutant type guy, whatever type of mutant you want to be within our race class. And then uh, we'll also do a poster of that. And then you've got your dude who's on your team and that other people can be lucky if they get them in a card pack, they can put them on their team too. That's the kind of hands-on perks that is what makes Kickstarter great for things like game development. There's fewer franchises I've ever heard that really do offer more. It's how much do those uh, perks go for? Be an all-star player in the game. That one's kind of expensive. That one's like 2500 bucks. To uh, have um, an exclusive enforcer guy and all of that, that's closer to a thousand. Getting down to something that's more reasonable, the average box, you can get the game in a collector's tin, a signed poster by Dave DeVries, all of the trading cards in a beautiful tin signed by the whole art team jerseys hoodies and then tons and tons of attack moves and defensive plays and uh the making of the game art book the game soundtrack and we have a big price range right so like you were saying at the beginning you can come in and drop 13 bucks and for 13 bucks you've got the digital pc version of the game and we'll throw in a a little icon that'll be by your name or your team name that says you're an original backer and we give you uh, the newsletter and a, a free pack of cards for 13 bucks, you know? So if enough people plunk down 13 bucks, if like everybody who bought the original game plunked down 13 bucks, this game is on next gen systems. Right. <laughs> so. It really is crazy when you think about how well the first one did. That you know, and everybody knows about it. Even people who've never played it know about it. That, yep. That they, they went. Our research doesn't support uh, this kind of game. They want Madden again and again. Well, we, did that come as a surprise? We were like the poster child game for the politicians, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. us in Mortal Kombat. These games are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine like the Mutant League television show trying to run on Saturday morning today? Like there's no, not even a chance. Maybe it'd go on Adult Swim. Yeah. It wasn't as lighthearted as something that uses a sword like Adventure Time or anything like that either. It was very, it was lots of overt violence. For anybody who's, who's never seen the show, like it is a miracle that they got away with doing it. There's dismemberments all over the place. And the only, the thing that really made it okay was the blood wasn't red. It was green. And when you got a limb tore off it could grow back and if your head was torn off you weren't dead but all all the actual gore was still there it was just funnier in 1993 or 94 whenever the show came out it was the first cartoon show that ever used 3d graphics that's true the opening titles the blimp in the stadium and such true oh my goodness it looks like a level of doom these days but uh but back then never seen it before 
How involved were you with the development of the animated series? Not as much as I would have liked to have been, but like I know the art director on the show and um, I read scripts and the, the guys who wrote the scripts, they were actually touching on some pretty heavy issues for a Saturday morning cartoon show. They were dealing with like some gay issues. They were dealing with um, kids getting the wrong message from the athletes. They were dealing with steroids. I mean, they they had like some heavy, heavy topics for for a Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah, I mean, it le- it left a heck of an impression on me. And uh, I think the show might be best known for its second season, uh, where it kind of adopted way stronger episode to episode continuity than um, most shows at the time were offering. And they also had a prominent unconventionally strong female character thrasher i mean that character just wasn't in children's television really i mean well most of what was in the show wasn't in children's <laughs> it's hard television. to find analogs for most of those characters <laughs> talking about uh, mutant football league specifically how far into development is the current game it's an idea we haven't started this game I have started the design on the game i have a team we have a pretty good sense of what we're going to build I have a couple engineers ready to go, but I need the funding to make the game. Yeah. So that's where we're at. What's super exciting for me is we're going to be collaborating with Run Games. And Run Games are the guys who do a game called Football Heroes. This has been going on for about eight weeks, and we've been kind of evaluating their tact. And I've been talking to those guys, and those guys are great. They are um, from EA as well. And their football game, I think it's going to be the best football game on mobile phones. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I I think it's going to play better than Madden as well. Um, (laughs) Don't need to apologize for saying that. Madden's the best football game. I buy it every year, and I'm a Madden fanatic, but I'm not that thrilled with their mobile phone version. You know, it's it's tough how that game was implemented, and, and the controls are just a little wonky. It's flawless on console. It's just not the best on mobile. Right. Football Heroes has a Tecmo Bowl kind of view. Okay. And there's a lot of ideas in there that are kind of mutant leaguey. So Football Heroes is very casual. It's, it's a casual game, but underneath there, there's a very sound football engine and a football game going on. And I was playing this game. I've been talking to those guys, and they actually did a Kickstarter, too. They were asking for substantially less than I am. <laughs> but they, they got their funding, and they've been working on the game for a while, and that game's going to be dropping like any day now. If we're going to build on top of that, and our development time on top of that is like going to get cut in half. That is because awesome. It's doing like 75% of what we want it to do. Now, our game, AI-wise, is going to be more like simulation football. I mean, it's still arcadey, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I like a football game where there's strategy, where I'm never going to allow, like, the other team to cheat in a a way that's, you know, not fair. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about sometimes, like, when you roll up a score, there's some football games. The other team just is, like, twice as fast as you. Yeah. Or all of a sudden you're starting to fumble a lot to keep that score close. I don't like that kind of stuff. I like um, keeping it kind of real. But then you have these cartoon characters on top of it with all this madcap violence and just complete off-the-wall antics. And anything and everything, including an asteroid coming out of the sky, can land on the field. But within that, the sound structure and architecture of the football game, it's like mechanic-wise, it's playing like a good football game. 
Mm-hmm. It, one, one of the things that helped the original uh, be as strong a game as it was is that you had you know, all your original ideas, but uh, my understanding was that it was built off the engine of the Madden of the time. So if... Eh, wrong. Wrong? Okay. <laughs> Everybody believes that. What it did have was like a lot of the Madden fathers, like uh, Scott Orr, Richard Hilleman, both game gods, you know, I'm bowing right now. <laughs> they had like a lot of insight, but we didn't use the Madden engine. We built our own engine for Mutant League. That's extra impressive, actually, because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's one thing to think, we'll, you know, take a great game and put a great idea over the top of it. But having built both from the ground up, that's it makes the game even more unique, really. I, I think, I don't know, having played it it, it, it would seem like it would be difficult to adapt the Madden engine to do some of the things that Mutant League Football did. Even the interface was kind of uh, like when you when you go to pass, like the guys run off screen and you get little images of them and, and the uh, the fact that your players die and right. they're off the roster. <laughs> like, it may have just been a better choice to build it. I was the guy who kind of did all the diagrams for how all the defensive zones were going to work and they're all zones and you can call like even man-to-man coverage it's just like okay you can design the game just using like boxes and circles and you just go like this box sticks to this circle and then it's all up to their ratings right if uh, the box has better ratings than the circle and the box is the receiver over time it'll spread from the defender and then you have zone coverages but what happens what makes mutant league particularly nasty is when you remove one of those players from the AI because he's dead and like you can only field a team of six now you can't field a team of seven so you kind of have to go back and do the AI you know if it's seven on seven you have to do AI for seven players you have to do it for six players you have to do it for five players and then I at at around four players that's kind of when you call the forfeit that's a very good point Will we be seeing seven player teams like on the Genesis or a full full 11 player teams? Oh, no, no way. Not 11 players. No, too much. No reason for 11 players. Yeah. 11 players offers a lot of difficulty. And by reducing the number of players, I can have more species types on the field. That's and cool. The species types cool. are cool. They're like different types of mutant and monster type characters. And without 11, you know, 22 guys on the field, you can get a little closer with the cameras. And I'd rather have personalities. My whole thing is trying to get the player to have empathy with their character. So we have little stories. We have little commercials. You know, you play with your guy. You're always protecting him. Right. He mm-hmm. wise, he's a wise ass. He cracks off. He might swear at you, but he's your guy. And you protect him. And over games, like in the playoffs, you care about your dude. You know, if you think he's going to get hurt, you put him on the bench. And like subconsciously, that's what this game does. Because I I always thought like I'd pull out like these little creatures in my pocket, put them on the table and, you know, go to battle. But I care about these guys because they're my team and I'm their coach and I manage them. So when you lose a star player who you've like been nurturing and I mean, that's painful. And now, of course, they all the characters can be rejuvenated. And if you want to play the games where if you lose a guy, he comes back the next game, that's great. But during the game, when you lose him, you there's a sense of loss and, oh, my God, now what? That's what we try to pull out. And the more personality we can give these little creatures and the more smart-assy we can make them, the better the game's going to be, the more the player's going to care about them. And we'll get that feeling where, yeah, there's these little monsters on the field and they're battling it out and it's a game to the death. 
And then the the look and feel of the game, you know, we're never going to go like totally hyper real and gritty because the violence is just too hardcore for them. You got to have like some levity to offset the violence. Right. Mm -hmm. So we do a stylized realism, but like when a guy gets hit or whatever, you'll always know it's always cartoony and the deaths and the dismemberments and all of that stuff. It's always funny. It's always cartoony. When the head pops off, it's like Looney Tunes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of the world we keep it in. And it's just so there's some distinction between reality and this little fantasy game you're playing. But, you know, the humor and the character personality is why you care and why you remember this game 20 years later. And why there's people going, yeah, Bones Justice. It's like, how can you remember that name? I mean, come on. But if you care about your little dude, then you remember his name. It's true. One of my favorite moments when playing original Mutant League football is me and my friends would get into arguments and almost fights because they would kill one of my characters and then their character would come on the screen in a close-up and like talk trash to me about how he just yeah. murdered my character. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that, that like caused such a row between me and my friends. It was phenomenal. And that's, I think, more than anything else what I remember about the game. Yeah, it's messed up. Look, you know, I'm a little nuts, right? So we for sure built this game to be a drinking college type of game. But like the kids loved it, too. And the violence was at a level that, you know, it's up to the parents to decide. But like it's like a lot of the humors, like 12 year old, you know, 10 year old humor. And they just eat it up like crazy. But you've got like your college dudes, you know, or a little partied out and playing the game. And then it's like, ah, what the? They run over a mine, right? And then there's a fumble. Then the other guys get it and they're running it back for a touchdown and just the right hit. And then he dies. Then the ball flies around. Then another guy picks it up and runs it and scores a touchdown. I mean, that's like crazy stuff. And like the whole, everybody watching it is like clapping and screaming. And then you have this little character pop up on the screen and go, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and like the guy's head explodes. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Are you including uh, any RPG elements in the players where if a star player is doing well, he starts gaining more stats? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool. We're going to have RPG elements. And the thing that's cool about uh, hooking up with the uh, football hero guys, run games, the look, the art direction of the game, it's got like these littler characters, kind of almost like uh, out of the world of Zynga. But it, it's a really fun game. I mean, I, I've been playing it. It's addictive. It's a sound football game. And I, I'm playing it. I'm like, man, I can put Mutant League on this game and it will work. And I called those guys up. I saw the screenshots and uh, I was talking to Michael Marzola, who's a creative director there. And I, I introduced myself and he knew who I was. And we were talking about it. And he's like, I've got a bunch of people that are going, are you going to do Mutant League on this game? And I'm like, no, we're doing football heroes. And I'm like, well, I'm like. <laughs> Michael Menheim, man, we should talk. <laughs> Can you give me a build? So he gave me a build, and the build has been improving over the time, and it just made this huge leap. And I'm like, oh my god, I, I'm not, now I'm convinced. Let's go get this deal done. So their game has like a whole RPG thing going on in it, and we certainly want to use those aspects of it because once you put the RPG elements in it. You care even more about your characters because now you're like managing. I want this and this rating. I want that. You know, you care about them that much more. So that engine comes with all of that stuff. And we're we're absolutely going to use it. That is 
Awesome. Yeah. You definitely got at least 30 bucks from me. (laughs) Now, a lot of the features, you've announced a lot of them for the game. One of my biggest pet peeves with Madden is that uh, the last, I think, great football game I played was um, ESPN NFL 2K5. And that just had a host of features that nobody had ever seen before. And the next year it was shut down (laughs) completely by, I'm assuming, EA. What happened was, I mean, EA got the NFL and Players Association right. license, so the guys at the other publisher could no longer use the the names and the teams. So, it's such a you tragedy. Know, if you can't use like the Chicago Bears or the 49ers, you 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 got problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the biggest thing I've noticed is that every single years since then ea has come out with some new feature in madden that nobody's ever seen before but was totally in espn nfl 2k5 um <laughs> but but things that the, the people really really wanted like the uh the ability to change your um sounds to your personal mp3s that you had stored in your xbox and things like that and uh dynasty mode and the way you actually mattered as a coach like you build your own personal house and and you know you could trade players and stuff like that and then with an online community nobody ever even tried before in madden what kind of big features are you are you packing in for the players other than the creative player is there a big online uh focus that you're going with well yeah i mean when you're building games you have your short-term and your long-term meta goals and obviously the meta goal for a game like this would be to have a big online community where people have their own teams and they're competing against each other and based on skill level you run all these different tournaments that might last however long they last and you you are playing a series of games against each other for the championship and that would be great and we would love to do that with more than just one sport Uh, so we we have to see it's critical that the first couple games are really successful and then we can build on that and go where the fans want us to go but i can't get the first couple games out without people contributing to our kickstarter campaign absolutely definitely Man, I really want this game to happen. Um, we all and do. I've been thinking about it for many, many years. And I, I think if we could get it out to the market, it'll be successful. And I think from there, we can go where we want. But I mean, Mutant League and myself, just as a designer and a producer, I really like listen to the fans and emails and letters and notes that I've got. Like, I still got all that stuff. It's all stored. And when I like kind of start going through designs or features i always go through that stuff and i you know the ones i really like i highlight and i put them onto another page so like i just go to the page of great ideas and it continues to this day it's just crazy now i just need all those guys (laughs) to stop watching tv and stop writing me and go to kickstarter just drop it's just 13 bucks and like 25 for the xbox or playstation like that's quite reasonable very reasonable um and if you want to drop an extra five, we'll even throw in a game fart animation for you. And we'll give you the character art Bible and the soundtrack. But like the game fart, come on, for five dollars, how can you miss? I, I would I would pay five dollars for an in-game fart in any <laughs> video game I own that doesn't already have one. You know, oh, the man. guys go down to the line of scrimmage. You get a puff of smoke, sometimes a sound effect, sometimes not. Maybe the guy next to him collapses. The other guy just kind of looks around, and then the quarterback hikes whenever he hikes. <laughs> Come up to the Kickstarter site. You can also check us out, mutantfootballleague.com. And we just need your help. We're in, like, the final. We're getting near the end here. 
And the more help we can get to push us over the top, the more this is going to be a reality. I cannot do it without you guys helping. And my promise to you is I'm going to deliver you guys a sports game that's going to put a smile on your face and that you're going to remember for another 20 years. That's what I'll do. Awesome. You can head over to this episode's page and get links to all the essential Mutant League Michael Mendheim stuff. And, of course, head over to the Kickstarter page, post haste, and uh, throw down to get this amazing game. Help it happen. Make sure you do, because I really want to play this game. And if you don't, we're fucked. I'm I'm going to blame you personally. (laughs) All of you. (laughs) All right. So we're back with Cap, Colin, Tony, and Brandon. Hi. Hi. Hey. Oh, yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Wake up, Brandon. I was just thinking that if you say Jesus' name backwards, did you know it sounds like sausage? It does. Okay, I just wanted to point that out. All right, so don't forget, Mutant Football League has like the most accessible, you can't afford to not buy it kind of Kickstarter buy-ins. Get those awesome features that you want. Fart in the game. Do what do what you need to do. Make Mutant League football a reality, or I'll come to your house and I'll fucking kill you. Wait, is he making it so you can fart in the game if he passes a certain there's, stretch goal? There's a special stretch pass, yeah. That entire thing makes me want to buy the game play with other people online and just run around farting. I'm not even going to play the game. I'm going to let people beat me, but I'm going to run around and just keep farting and pissing them off. They're going to have to disconnect or fail or something. I'm going to fart on everyone. Farts by Brandon Gerson. And they're going to fail. And it's going to say, that production it's going to say fish and mailed when they fail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So music time. It's time for music. We got to track a remix from Chrono Trigger called Chrono Trigger Weaving the Threads of Time by Chris Emeritsu.
Welcome back. We missed you. We missed you so much. You know, right now we got a role-playing game support drive going on, and if you're listening to this exactly when this episode came out, then uh, there's, a, there's a matter of hours left. Hours, man. So, hours! Uh, you, you're either in a position to make some kind of decisive move or uh, just sit back and uh, watch it end. Watch it all hey, end. S- support Mass Effect! <laughs> At at this point, uh, Call of Cthulhu has a redonkulous lead. It doesn't look like anything can compete with it. And what's weird is it, it got this lead. I mean, good, more power to it. And Tolan threw down big time to make that happen. Uh, and I expected there was going to be a war between the other top three contenders. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's kind of like the Call of Cthulhu winning by such a landslide actually inspired more people to continue contributing to call of cthulhu who hadn't contributed <laughs> at all I, I think it's just like the uh, the overwhelming presence of the uh the, the dark, old ones the dark minds of the old ones yeah uh it's it's i don't know it's crazy anyway this this uh this support drive nerdy show is listener supported uh, we're entirely funded by you guys you make the show happen you keep the entire network alive and uh this is a a support drive that involves both keeping the network alive and also deciding which role-playing system we're going to be playing next in a uh, one-shot. I, I, I do fact. feel that I need to point out that this is going against what the old ones probably would have wanted, because by one winning by such a landslide, that's not chaos. That's not destruction. That's order. Well, it does. Re- it represents a certain amount of chaos and destruction for those who are contending with it. Um, <laughs> Mass possibly, effect. but all these people coming together to support the same thing, that's unity. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mass Effect has $3. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Ma- Mass Effect is pretty awesome. Why does it only have three dollars? Halon Voss. <laughs> Maybe that ending of the third one kind of killed it for people. Colin, we've been uh, we've been doing a thing here where we've had different show, uh, different hosts from across the Nerdy Show Network choose which um, system that they would want to play and write a pitch for a character that they would play if that system won. While most of these aren't really viable in this support drive anymore because we came up with this idea while it was already ongoing. Um, and started publishing them by the time that Call of Cthulhu was already massively in the lead. They're good reads, and next time we do an RPG one-shot support drive, continue to consider these, because there's going to be these and probably more. Um, and and they're, they're really cool. We've got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness character profile done by Doug from Ghostbusters, Mouse Guard character by Channing from Derpy Show, uh, Colin and Adam from Ghostbusters got together, did two Mass Effect characters uh, that'll get you massively erect. And uh, what? <laughs> uh, I get—I see what you did there, Master Act. Oh, that's funny. Okay, come on, man. He's a Volus sharpshooter. <laughs> How the fuck? Anyway, it, ma- it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, read, read, read Colin's bio for his character. He was trained by Primarch Victus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't—I don't know what that means. He was a colonel at the time. It was awesome. Come on, man. Read the, read the bio. It's good stuff. <laughs> hey, sorry, sorry. Um, John Laval, our uh, live programming director he uh he put together a pitch for a star wreck character um who's a christian science officer (laughs) (laughs) i like i still think that's ingenious that's fucking ingenious it was on that day that the lord did hand a beaker down yeah read read his character pitch for for brad josh from ghostbusters did uh who you just heard in the michael minheim interview did a uh character for gamma world who's a um that shit is weird i read that bio that shit is fucking weird well gamma world is weird okay it's gamma in Gamma World, you actually you you roll what your character is. You roll like uh, certain amounts of information about your character. I, I can't remember exactly what he rolled. Um, certainly, you can ask him if you guys want to on on the forums or something. But if I remember correctly, he got a character who um, uh, extreme telekinesis, telekinetic ability, some kind of massive mind power, 
but no intelligence. Um, <laughs> he or, just goes around or, incinerating or everything. no physical stats or something like that. So he he had to decide what those what those stats mean, I believe, or something. I I can't remember how it went, but the end result is he's a baby. He's a baby <laughs> who's born with extreme psychokinetic abilities and it's he's got a fucked up little write up there you should check it out and i, and I really want to play gamma world <laughs> and uh and then finally adam from ghostbusters did another profile as a uh, firefly character and brandon did a shadow run character and i don't uh, even i don't even write or like writing so I, it's I, an I, honor for you to read something that i've put down on a digital piece of paper it's funny that you say that because when you do write it's it's, it's, it's quite the showstopper like your my uh, fingers just move and whatever shit comes out i'm like done the first chapter to week at bernie's three oh yeah the, uh, i forgot about your, that your um uh your memories of v- the vietnam war when you served oh, don't over even there. bring that up don't bring that up <laughs> and now grundle taint yeah, yeah grundle taint the cybernetic troll yep <laughs> <laughs> you want to read it to colin no here we colin go online and read it yeah uh, read the fucking bio we gotta give some props to some wonderful people who supported us valerie turner said i love dungeons and doritos and look forward to more put this 30 dollars towards a dresden files one shot and keep up the great work with D." Benjamin Britt said, Call of Cthulhu, I want you all to die lost in madness. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah, it's kind man. of him, I guess. <laughs> that's the way I've always wanted to die anyway, so I'm glad. I guess I'd rather be lost in madness than found in sanity. Brandon, here, here's one for you. This just happened. Uh, Darren Reed, Mr. Johnson believes you should be shadow running. Who knows? Maybe it's time will come this week. Forever loving the content, forever my mortal and sometimes financial support. I really hope Shadowrun wins. I mean, it looks like a long shot right <laughs> now, but a long shot is an over. It is one of the most complicated shits ever. So good luck, <laughs> good luck for Shadowrun. Uh, Kevin McDonald said, "If I win a microsode, I'd like uh, Jamesy to RP his attempt to sleep on the Poker Center roof or reminisce about his college days." Jamesy Riquet, the voice of reason. Oh God! And and Brandon, he did. <laughs> get a microsode and that is what's gonna no! happen <laughs> james e roquette relive the college days what's sad is you have become the voice of reason a secret about his past will be revealed a truth <laughs> will be known and one of them will die <laughs> either the truth of the past i don't know i haven't decided yet but one well, of them will definitely die the past might just die so <laughs> uh sean lawler uh he he contributed to us and uh left no message and didn't say what he's contributing towards but uh you've still got time man if you want to put that money specifically towards one of the uh role-playing systems the power's yours jeffrey voss said count me in the crowd for cthulhu goodness i'm curious how spooky you can make it tyler conrad said i I guess i didn't have to burn great sacrifices for lord cthulhu chaosium version i presume (laughs) i i I don't um, even know what that means. I don't know what that it's means very, either. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, what, what I can tell you about uh, what we've been asked to do with Call of Cthulhu by the fan who originally uh, who originally put the game on the on the map for this support drive, Bryce Harris, was that uh, it be set in the 1920s. Now is that is that how it is anyway, or I, did he just really wanted it in the 1920s I, I hear, version? I hear there's several options, like 1920s, 1970s, and modern. What year did was Atomic Robo around during the 1920s? Yes, yes, he was. That was. I'm just saying, kind of the. Of volume three of Atomic Robo. If Brian's anywhere to be found. Well, we're actually going to be playing the Atomic Robo role playing game soon, so. Ooh, crossover. I, I don't think we should probably keep them separate, but. It's, you're going to try, but. Who it's knows? It's going to be hard. Who knows? Uh, 
Uh, Mauron said, toss my additional $10 towards Star Wreck so that John Laval's Brad can help spread the good news of our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think I could actually play that. I'd feel really weird and awkward, but I, the okay. whole idea of it is amazing. So Mauron commented on our Mega Man episode. Uh-huh. And uh, at, he, he was talking about how much he loved Mega Man and et cetera. But the original reason for him posting the comment was from Canada. Neil Young forever. You're welcome. Canada. <laughs> P.S. Sorry. <laughs> not, not sorry. I'm not sorry. He's I'm not Canadian. Sorry. He's perpetually sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, Maron is awesome. And um, if you haven't... As are all of you, as are, as are all of you. <laughs> if you haven't checked out our Mega Man episode, it's our episode from last week. It's an episode of Nerdy Show Prime, our big blockbuster episodes. We talk about Mega Man. Uh, we interview Charlie from Fangamer, who are designing the merch for Mighty Number no. Nine, the uh, the the game from Inafune-san, one of the lead creators for all of Mega Man. We talk to the Proto Men, and we talk to Brett from Capcom Unity about the two new Mega Man albums coming out. So definitely check that out. Uh, of course, more talk about the amazing crowdfunded projects like Mighty Number no. Nine, River City Ransom Underground, the new continuation of River City Ransom, which looks amazing. Like this is just a list of stuff you can't. You can't not contribute to. I've contributed to all of these. Please contribute um, to Mighty Number no. Nine. I want more shit in that game. Of course, Mutant Football League, and there's actually another <laughs> another game getting resurrected that I'm I'm I'm, unf- I'm unfamiliar with the original. Uh, I've only seen it in uh, uh, little gifs online of this weird little purple haired genie girl dancing sexily. Shantae, um, and it's, it's it turned it's a game called Shantae Half uh, Half Genie Hero, and it's based on a very very well loved Game Boy uh, Color game, Game yeah, Boy Game Advanced Boy game. Color. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've, it's people love it. I've never played it, but um, and it's way this, forward coming back again. They the just re, they they do the the Ducktales now. All of a sudden, a half genie, half hero. It's yeah, way forward. They their um the game studio that's done <laughs> like Tony said the new the new remake of Ducktales. Um, they also did Adventure Time Gang game. Hey Ice King, why'd you steal our garbage? Uh, you they, could say they're around. leading the way forward. What? <laughs> you could say that. I've been working but, on that joke for a while. But sometimes the way forward is also the way back. They look to the past to find the way forward. Okay. Anyway, we're not done. <laughs> we're not done talking support yet. Uh, we got one more. Matthew Cox. He contributed for Call of Cthulhu, and he got a microsode. He said, "Sup, guys." Been a long time <laughs> listener from when Brian shared the love from nuclear power way back when, and that is a long time, dude. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, sup, Cox. <laughs> did, you say, did you say? Did you say sup, Cox or suck, Cox? That depends. Sup, sup, Cox. Well, hey, you know what? It could be either way. Because sup, you do sup, sup on sup a Cox. Cox. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't. I do not. I can't reach. What, whatever, 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 Cox sucking is happening right now <laughs> is is only the best kind. The, the 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 kind spoken of in uh, dirty Arabic poems. I like <laughs> I like the worst kind where it's covered in feces. And back to what Matthew Cox was saying about having listened to us for our quality content for so long. Always goes to feces with me. It does. <laughs> it all goes to shit, Brandon. Why is there no Waterworld tabletop? Why is that not on the fucking? Menu? Oh my god! I would love that. Nothing's free in Waterworld. I, I like. That, that would be really cool. I'd also like to say but what that. What would I, you do? Look for dry land the whole I was, game? I was going to write a, uh, a character profile thing, but I didn't have time to. Um, dry but, land's a myth, Brandon. 
I've seen it. Nah, there's a tattoo on the back of some chick. Uh, but our uh, Arceus suggested that, well, maybe you could play Sagas Modern, the um, modern-day adaptation of the same system we use for Dungeons & Doritos, like kind of like an Earthbound game, because it takes magic and turns into like psychic abilities and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I could do that. Um, I haven't fleshed out a character. I didn't have time. But that was what I was going to do. Anyway, back to Matthew Cox, who said, Sup, guys, it's been a while. Brian, nuclear power, way back. Yes, yes, yes. You guys got me through some rough times, so this is some long overdue payback. Also, hearing the Proto Men reminded me of the good times at PAX Australia this year. So I guess this guy either is, one, a, a jet setter, or two, Australian. Uh, Australian. Uh, either way, good awesome. Day. Well, good day, mate. And put yeah, another shrimp on day, the barbie Cox. for us. Thank hey, you, Cox. thank you both for just ramming stereotypes that he is no doubt exhausted <laughs> with. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that Foster's is actually Australian for beer? Well, God damn it! And their toilets do go backwards, and their fan blades spin a different direction. Well, they need I don't to. know what direction, see, but it's they, different need, than ours. We need to have the fan blade spin in the opposite direction, mate, because otherwise the shit would just go into the air and not go and back to the And we just in. lost our fan. I like, <laughs> I like Empire of the Sun and Ice House and Olivia Newton-John. Y'all suck dicks. You know what? I really do like Empire of the Sun, so. Yeah. Nicole Kidman's pretty hot, too. Wait, she's Australian? And yeah. Hugh Jackman. She, <laughs> she was in I'm the kidding. film Australia by Baz Luhrmann, who is also Australian. I thought she was just an actor. <laughs> also starring Hugh Jackman. Sorry, I didn't realize Australia. she was playing herself and in that movie. And therefore was grown in a vat. Uh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about anything that's just happened. Sorry, Cox. <laughs> Someday we'll talk about GTA 5. Um, <laughs> he, he was in good times at PAX Australia this year, and my awesome souvenir, the mighty drumstick of truth and rock. So I guess he caught one of the reanimator sticks. Ooh, nice. Probably he, when he was standing somewhere, he should not have he, been. He caught his stick in his mouth. Cox caught a stick in his mouth. You guys were al- were alienating the one fan I, I we have from really Australia. Terrible about this. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Cox, you've from, been listening long enough. Australia? You should know to expect this. I mean, we do stuff like this. But anyway, is there any other support things you must mention? Yes, I need to finish this letter because right. you're you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Also, it's Cox's letter. Also, <laughs> so I guess he caught one of Reanimator sticks in his mouth. Pretty cool. Keeping it coming because it's all good, especially the Derpy Show and Wicked <laughs> Anime. <laughs> Uh, keeping it coming after he caught a stick in his mouth. Anyway, uh, as for the microsode, how about Terranigma? Oh, shit. Hey, guess who needs to play it now, Cat? You. Yeah, well, I got an Ouya now, so I can make that happen. Wait, can you? Wink. Can you actually get it on your Ouya? Not, yeah. Not officially. Yeah, oh, that was a, the wink is, for. It's a quote-unquote emulator machine. That is one of my favorite games. You have no idea. You have no. You have some idea. Well, I have some idea because I played. I played at least a quarter of it before my. my Which means you didn't even get to the real game. Oh my god! The 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 you were just in the depressing parts. The animal boss broke and I couldn't beat him, and I was just stuck in a room with the battle music, not able to do anything. This is one of the only video games that has ever made me cry during the ending. I'm just, and that's a lot because I don't really have emotions besides anger and confusion and hatred and constipation. Yeah, well, I guess that's before or after you took out your tear ducts. No, after my my tear ducks live in the pond behind (laughs) me, and when I need them, I call them, and they bring me my magical tears. (laughs) My tear ducks. Thank you. For dry red eyes, Um, use Brandon's tear ducks. You just squeeze them a bit. Um, uh, so I, I believe, and, and Matthew, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Terranigma was actually one of the places where an English translation was made available. So, lucky it's you. It's completely translated. Uh, yeah, it is completely translated, officially. Matthew Cox says, 
This is the first game to give me existential crisis. Plus, is so hard to get, even though I live in a country where it was actually released, I still had to emulate it. Yeah. Uh, which is saying something. This is the game that gave me a benchmark for epic stories and solid gameplay, and along with Planescape Torment, helped me to define who I am and what I believe. Weighty stuff, huh? Wait, Planescape helped you define who you are. That's a bit fucked up. That, no. game, is, that game is great, but it's fucked up. At the same time, though, that game, you're playing an amnesiac. So as he's discovering who he is, you're Matthew dead. Cox was describing. You're playing a dead thing Shut that can't up. die. Anyway, much love from the other side of the world, Matt. Dude, thank you so much for that for that contribution, that wonderful letter uh, that we butchered. And um, <laughs> How I'm long do you think the boat ride... Last name because we're 12. <laughs> anyway, it's high time we talk about GTA 5. Oh, yeah, that game. Obviously, like, we don't, uh, we're, uh, GTA 5, we don't really even need to talk about it. It's the biggest game out there. Everybody's playing it. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'd like to talk about it. I'm not playing it yet. I will be, but not yet. Yeah. I have beaten it and have started playing my second playthrough. Excuse me, you've beaten it already? Yep. Okay, let me, let me back up a bit. When did you get the game? Day came out. And so it's been, what, a few days? Uh-huh. And you've beaten it? Uh-huh. I heard it was a really long well, it's game. It's been more than a few days. It's been a, it's been a week. Well, by the time this comes a, out. A week plus. How long is the game? It's, I, I've spent about 30 hours doing the main campaign. But you did, so you haven't done anything else in the world. No, I managed to come up with that cover art for the Mega Man episode, which is going to be available for purchase. <laughs> I mean, in the world of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. kudos, by the way, Tony. Uh, oh, thank you. I mean, I think you, you realize how popular it is. I have, uh, I have gotten a glimpse of it. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's, been, it's extremely popular. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying that. So again, <laughs> it's going to be available for purchase at Nerdapalooza so this the year. Famous Tony. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I have I haven't done much of the hobbies or anything like that, but I did do a few a smattering of the side missions. I have a lot of questions for you. I'm just saying. I I will answer all of them. Question one: What the fuck is a hobby? A hobby is like playing golf or tennis or yoga. Number two: Is any of that even fun? Yes, because that's so weird. Well, here's here's the thing: Like tennis, did you ever play the Rockstar table tennis game that they did? That they kind of that's where they pioneered their rage engine. This is a really weird way to start a discussion about Grand Theft Auto Five, but per, I'm just going to say that proceed. The, the table tennis game, right? Mm-hmm. Stupid-ass concept. Ridiculously fun to play. Hmm. That's how their tennis plays. This is a game within a game that is actually fun to play. And this, and I know we're going to get more into what we're, you know, our experiences with the game, all that. One of the best things so far. Hmm. And that's the entire game, because like I said, I beat it. Nobody calls your ass to go and hang out. You can call them, but nobody calls you. So this, the whole cell phone aspect is different in this game. It is. Well, and there's no like, Nico, it's me, your cousin, come bowl with me. It, it is and it isn't. Uh, I mean, basically, the, the, the difference here is that uh, you're not being pestered incessantly. You and can, then punished when you don't. Right. That's, yeah, you can choose to do it. GTA V is a successor to two things. Uh, one, the original San Andreas, and two, GTA IV. Uh, San Andreas, in as far as the way that the game plays, and not just, not just the region, but uh, the actual gameplay aspects... GTA 4 and you know its size and scope and, and everything. I love San Andreas. That's the only Grand Theft Auto I've actually played all the way through to com- like extreme completion. Well, they had a jetpack, so yeah, it did it did help that there was a jetpack. Uh, but it had you know had role playing aspects. You could uh, change the way your character looked and behaved and to ride a bicycle. Yeah, which you, I love it, ride ride a bicycle, compete in triathlons. <laughs> like you improved all your stats and the you know the the realm was huge. This game is exactly all that, all the best parts of that. Can you actually like gain weight and do all those weird things that they never I, did I, again? No. I, you can't. No. You can't. You can't gorge on fast food. Unfortunately, you but. can't change your character's appearance, but you do still have the ability to alter stats: driving, strength, stamina, 
There are the triathlons <laughs> do make a return, as do riding bicycles. So Ooh, bicycle. You, That's you all have, I want. That's all I want. But the characters. I mean, CJ, the entire point of San Andreas was CJ was your character. You were able to develop CJ in the way that you wanted. This has three separate protagonists that if you were to alter their appearance would alter their character in a weird way. They have. And but you can, you can change their hair and shit. Well, yeah, yeah. you can. It, but that's it's nominal. It's like whatever. No, well, now I hear when they finally release the whole online play that will be thrown out the window and you can obviously customize and create your own unique character mm-hmm. by your own home and just like kind of the whole multiplayer online will be throughout the city. I'm actually confused about how Grand Theft Auto Online works. It seems like it's kind of a different game. I, I was told that it's basically like a Grand Theft Auto Online. You can buy your own place. You can buy property yeah, and customize I, I've it. I've seen the trailer and the trailer <clears throat> makes it look amazing, but I, I believe that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't in any way be affected by, I mean, your your single player <clears throat> story mode has nothing um, to do with has the online absolutely game. dick to do with it. It's yeah. just an yeah. online mode. Yeah, it, right. but you do have the entire map of San Andreas. So if you just and, want, yeah. and in fact, or of Los Santos. They, they've said that they are looking to expand it indefinitely. Ooh. Yep, they're going to be doing updates. So I could just like be buying property and doing things online, and someone could just drive by in a car and just beat the shit out of me. Absolutely. Yes. Well, up to oh, s- up to God. fifteen other people. <laughs> just like a, a small school bus pulls up with 15 people <laughs> and they're just they're just using their fists and they just gang rape me like what am i can you like i don't know if your house is a safe place or if they can burn it down or steal it but that would be amazing but, no, but really, they they said they were not going to release um online yet till they're sure like most people have beaten the single player game because they were that confident in the single player mode it's kind of stupid in a way because i actually <laughs> saw an article that talked about this a little bit where normally there's this kind of organic thing that happens with a video game that has a multiplayer component, Halo, Call of Duty, where you'll have these people who play the single player first and people who jump right into multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So the multiplayer servers aren't overloaded with people. Yeah. Now, this game has sold a billion dollars worth of copies. So they're screwed, you're saying, once they release online. Yep, because people are going to have two weeks, and even if you're not a speed demon well, like me to complete this well, goddamn game. they know what they're getting into now. Well, Ish. they knew Grand Theft Auto was a huge hit and that it would be one of the highest selling games. They should have prepared. They should have. But then at, by that same token, you're dealing with people, you know, they overload on servers at first and then have to taper them off afterwards. You're wait, it, regardless, they have an app for this game, the iFruit app that you can get that iFruit. Yeah, That's it's, it sounds like something different. It doesn't work, though. No, it doesn't <clears throat> because they did not expect this many people to be trying to use it. Well, well, everyone has a smartphone. I just, down- I just downloaded it today. The, uh, the icon looks like a cock and balls. Uh, <laughs> can uh, you explain to me what the hell the iFruit app does? It allows you to, first off, you can, it's essentially to fuck with stuff in the game. Like you have this dog, Chop, that you accrue. <laughs> He's awesome. He's one of the best characters Okay, okay, okay. So this one time, you're, you're trying to kidnap a guy. It goes horribly wrong. And you play as Chop, and, and you're trying to, like, and you could sw- sw- you switch over to the dog, because you like, the, guy, the guy's hiding out. a dog? The guy's hiding in a train car, and you use the dog to, like, track him down. But then, Chop gets distracted, because he smells another dog. So then Chop, Chop's go- like, runs off, and, and Franklin's all like, yo, Chop, come over here, what's going on? And you, and you watch in this first-person dog views, as you come up on this other dog, you see this big, like, these dog testicles, this dog butthole, and you start <laughs> fucking another boy dog. <laughs> and what? then, yeah. and then... You, you're you're so busy fucking this boy dog uh, you have to switch over to franklin to pull him off wow and you get to switch back and forth is the dog is being like a secondary character like a dog a regular thing in this game or just with franklin it's, it's an irregular thing the wow. the regular thing is missions that because I, I know we've touched on this a little bit but the main impetus of this game is that you've got three different protagonists you've well, got can you switch back and forth or do you have to uh-huh. play them in a certain order no, the story can, 
for the story. You can switch back and forth at any time. It it does. Like, do they converge at some point? Yeah, they converge. And after they converge, you can switch back and forth at any point in any mission that you're playing with them. You can by and large, you can switch between. What does it kind of change the outcome or the story if you pick a different character? Like, do they say different things depending on who they are? Maybe if it's like a story mission. Well, the story missions are unique to each character. As in, like Uh, uh, one character, one character couldn't play. It is. uh, I guess let's let's talk about this whole thing in broad strokes before we get more involved in it. Um, The story structure for Grand Theft Auto Five is super weird. Most other games had uh, a really more consistent, inciting incident and narrative structure from the from the beginning. Obviously, you're um, generally somebody who's arriving into the city. You're kind yeah. of this fish out of water, so C- you're CJ learning the was, way through. Yeah, CJ was coming back home. Nico was, uh, an, you know, an, an, an immigrant. immigrant's tale of like building himself up from nothing. In this, it's actually kind of almost confusing because um, you have this. You're you're involved in a bank heist in North. Yankton. They, they give you this weird ass flashback that's really cool because it's weird stuff you haven't seen before, like uh, snow, Middle America snow <laughs> during Christmas time, bank heist, and then and then all of a sudden you're in the you're in the future in Los Santos in Los Santos, and you're you're playing as one character, then you're playing as another character, and you don't know how they connect yet, and, and none of these characters. What's really interesting is and <clears throat> kind of brilliant. None of these characters are. They all know the world. They all know what's going on, who's doing what. So There's you nobody. know, you're like, I don't know what's going on, but they know. But you're able to just kind of see it through their eyes, and it, the narrative the narrative never suffers for it. So they do it well. They do it brilliantly. Mm. They juggle three characters in a way that most games can't even handle one. So how is the story in this game, then? Is it good? I love it. Okay. I absolutely That's all I need to know from you. Because... Well. I think it's probably as good as as anything. I don't know that it's exceptional right now. I know that their storytelling dynamic is switching through characters. I know that action is really cool once it gets started, but it is uh, it kind of it does kind of bug me that the the story sort of it happens. They're like, well, yeah. we're, we're Grand Theft Auto. You know what to expect from us. Uh, so so we don't need to actually provide you with like a solid starting point because you're just gonna fuck off and drive around anyway. So yeah, that's that's, much. that's actually my my complaint that I was talking about on the Facebooks and stuff like that, and and I got I got shit for it, but yeah, so that is how I feel. I one hundred percent agree with you, Cap. But it's like, hey, you know how to play GTA? Go, you know. <laughs> I I from a lot of people that told me at work that who who have the game, they said, well, they started the game, they played the story mission, and they like they just started driving, and then they never stopped driving, and they didn't, they just. Have been driving on the city, not doing anything yeah, besides I mean, killing people. I mean, that, that's 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 the story of every Grand Theft Auto game. If yeah. you want to do that, and it's so easy to do that, You're like, well, was, you drive around and something weird happens, and you go follow that, or you see a question mark on the on the map, and you go do that, and all of a sudden you're uh, you're smoking some weird weed that gives you these <laughs> these uh, uh, alien that shit was alien awesome. hallucinations. No, I heard For about anybody that. who <laughs> thinks that GTA Four was way too serious, GTA Five is right back in the balance that you like. Because it's it's got the absurdity, the hilarity that the shooting aliens thing is fucking fantastic. Do you think it, they're doing that because of Saints Row though? No, no, I really Saints don't. Row had the whole alien thing. It did, but I think that this was, you, I think that this was just kind of kind of getting back to the absurdity that people expected from GTA. So they're not real aliens; they're drug aliens. They are drug aliens. Okay, yeah. And I will say, I mean, the the inciting incident in this, even though it's just part of the prologue, is that bank heist. Yeah, Which it's, 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 a, it's it's a weird. I, I get where you're coming from. That it is kind of a weird. I mean, thing, you you, play, you played the whole game, so you yeah. know you know how all this ties together. Mm-hmm. And I don't doubt that. I'm just like by comparison to previous Rockstar games, like I don't doubt there's a really good narrative in there. But they have it's a uh, slow build. They, yeah, they've they've loosened it up so much that uh, it's just so easy to get distracted. Now they do nothing to to try to you know like reel you in. Uh, you know, uh, for example, 
when CJ, when CJ returns to Los Santos, mm-hmm. uh, he gets immediately beaten up by, by, by a crooked cop. Yeah. And Sam Jackson. And that's, and that's all you need. Like that was more than enough. It was a very impressive thing, but, but here you get that bank heist and that's a big deal, but you don't even understand the, the, the implications the, of that. Until so you, you know, it's a big deal, but you don't know why. Right. And you're not really pulled and, in to say, okay, I right, care about this. Instead, what you're presented with when the actual game starts, you're presented with a, uh, a guy who's I, I really my favorite character so far, Michael. He's basically what if like Tommy Versetti. What happens after Tommy Versetti from mm-hmm. Vice City gets everything? Well, he he gets a wife who cheats on him. He has a kid who's just a spoiled brat, would be gangster, got like saying all <laughs> kinds of racist, sexist shit on Xbox. And I have to and, point out, voiced by Danny Tamparelli. Yeah, wow, <laughs> young Pete. Does this he's come does so this thing far. actually happen in the game where it's, it's a racist child on Xbox? Or are you just no, comparing him to a racist? No, he, he is. And, wow. and, and yeah, and I was so shocked to hear Danny Tamborelli's voice. It was so fucking weird, especially because my I, I've met Danny Tamborelli. I met him on a trip to Los Angeles, and so it's like it was very. <laughs> You're weird. all of a sudden you're in Los Santos, which is it was Los weird Angeles, and, and, and then that's all, that's super odd because I mean like th- that dude's from New York, like in Jersey, <laughs> like so he even, it doesn't even make sense. But contextually in my head, it's actually kind of kind of all this. <laughs> What's nifty about these characters? Because yeah, the narrative itself doesn't have a strong driving force forward outside of wanting to learn more about these characters, and that I think is one of the characters in this game are so well realized. Franklin and his buddy Lamar are by far some of the most hysterical people I have ever found in a GTA game. And they, the way that they bounce off each other is excellent. Michael is so frustrated with the life that he led and the person that he was and trying to be this new person, yeah. trying to be a good father. And, and that, that's kind of where, what I was, I'm sorry, I, I, you're, you're reminding me where I was actually getting at, which is the fact that you, when, you're, when, you're, when you arrive as a gamer in Los Santos, you're a confused rich guy. And you're a, 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 a just a, a, hood, a, a hood who doesn't really know his place in the world. A like, typical GTA protagonist. R- right. Well, kind of a typical GTA protagonist without any inciting incident. Correct. And you have to and you have to get there. Mm-hmm. And when you and as, <laughs> and, as you, and as you get there, like it's really good. The way the way when the characters meet for the first time, it was brilliant. It's really cool. It's really dynamic. Yeah, well, don't spoil it for me. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. It's just. It's. It's really cool. It's really cool how they how they get to know each other, how they get involved. It's just it's just done in this weird kind of hodgepodge way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the number one question that everyone has is, can you still sleep with hookers? Not only can you sleep with hookers, you can decapitate them. No. Well, no, they they're still very limited death animations. But because I remember back in the day, you could sleep with a hooker and then beat him up and get your money back. You know, that's a that's a <laughs> that is a <laughs> that's, staple that's, of the GTA that's just, series. That's Grand Theft Auto. Yes. You know? no, but all, it is. This all, is all your all your little. Your little re- Republican fantasies can. <laughs> Speaking of I'm which, Republican, I need to murder the, my prostitutes. Get my the money. Satire back. in this game, just like the level of detail, is absolutely. I assume fantastic. they had a high level of satire. No, there is a there is, HD level of satire. If you in will. fact, in fact, because you've got the <laughs> the impotent ranger, which is a democratic superhero. You've got the. <laughs> Are these real things or are these job no, these classes? Are, these are real things. These are TV shows you can watch. Oh, okay. There's. Oh, I forgot about the whole TV thing. I I, watch, I sat and I watched. I ate. I ate uh, dinner and watched about a half an hour of. I need to say something real quick about our planet that we live on. In 2013, a man has watched a TV show that's not real while he, playing on a screen that's happening in a video game that he's currently playing on his TV screen. Yep. I just want to point that out. That has happened in the world. Uh-huh. And, and, and it happened way back in GTA 4. Okay, but so, still. But, but I watched I'm, it on GTA 4, too. I mean, the fact <laughs> is that immersive environments 
uh, the the better technology gets, the more that you know. I can't wait for like full on VR helmets, and the, I don't need to live in this we world might anymore. Si- simply evolve into data consciousnesses and then uh, fabricate our own existences. So you know, there's just there is so much <laughs> in right, well, this I a, game. I have another question go. then. Sure. Okay, I've played GTA Four. I mm-hmm. beat it. Whatever. Uh huh. How is this game any different? I mean, you described the level of detail, but, but besides that, is the gameplay exactly the same? Are there any gameplay new features has, that will drag me in? Uh, there's a few new features. First off, they have brought back flying vehicles, so you can fly. Like planes, helicopters. Planes, That's helicopters. They are a pain in the ass to use. because Which they, they are have, in real life. Well, they've brought in wind currents, which frankly, while is awesome and a really cool level of detail, it's a bitch to play so there needs so to be if it's a line. like raining at night and it's stormy and no, that that hasn't come up so much it's more just like oh i'm flying i'm moving in a straight line oh wait wind current now i'm flying in a different direction fuck you i don't great. need that that's that's not fun i've never seen a game with wind currents like that besides from a simulator so that's cool <laughs> it does get it yeah it, it is it is everything that they had before but better and some. um and they've added stuff there's uh there's special abilities like franklin uh fire punch he has, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't franklin has really great driving abilities so if you're say playing on xbox <clears throat> uh, this is how it works anyway you, you click down on the uh the, L- on the PS- lnr sticks and you get this little you have this little like special ability bar where you have like a, a driving focus so you can if oh, you're about cool. to like fuck up you can like actually have like you know oh and they more, each have their own yeah, thing and each of them have different oh. expertise i wonder uh, how it's gonna work on online then i'm not sure michael has kind of like the dead eye for from Red Dead Redemption, where time slows down when you're using a weapon. Nice. And then Trevor, Cap, you're, you haven't met him yet. I have not met him, no. As outside of the, the beginning, is my favorite character in the game. What's just his special ability? He, he essentially just goes psychotic. He takes half damage and deals out double damage. So berserk mode. Pretty much. Is he chaotic good or chaotic evil? He's or chaotic neutral. neutral. All right, chaotic yeah, neutral, I would say mode. evil, but not. Because, oh, I mean, he is kind of on the wrong side of the law. I feel like they should start adding stats at some point to GTA. But, and I mean, the what's kind of fun what is... What do you mean? Like, they may have them. strength, wisdom. Well, they kind of do. Fire kind of. rate. Nothing that changes <laughs> how things go, but what's interesting is the way that Rockstar described each of these characters, because it's funny, Cap, you mm-hmm. described Michael as being Tommy Versetti mm-hmm. after the end of the game. Yeah. Michael represents a, a protagonist that's one. Somebody who has reached the end of his game and how he's dealing with after that. Huh. Franklin represents kind of your, your regular person, somebody who's tried to stay on the right side of the law and isn't working. Uh-huh. So he's turning to a life of crime and figuring out how that works. And Trevor represents somebody who would have been a side character thrust into the role of a protagonist. <laughs> so that he's one great. of those person that you, you meet in a mission and he, he sounds crazy. and You're like, man, I wonder what the fuck that guy does when I walk away. Cool. Now, you know, <laughs> so I should buy this game or no. Yeah. Yes, you should if definitely you, buy this game. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Anybody out there who's uh, who's planning on buying this game, two things. One, when things go online, there is a Nerdy Show crew that's going to be set up. Details to come. Watch whether the Nerdy Show X- forums. Whether it be Xbox or PS3, we got representatives standing by on either side. Yeah, well, obviously, so, they're not going to be so cosplay. That's going to go down for real. Um, let's, let's go gangbang somebody. Two, if you don't have this game yet, you can buy this game via Amazon. Give some money to Nerdy Show. That we have, um, we're we've been an Amazon affiliate for years now. Um, but I just wanted to sort of make a little PS, PSA out here. If you follow an Amazon link from Nerdy Show, anything that you would be buying anyway, we actually get a percentage of it. So, for example, the holiday season's coming up. If you if you just start filling your shopping cart through a Nerdy Show link and you buy, say, all your family's presents, 
that's a heck of a donation. And you can go ahead and let us know you did that. And it's like you're not um, doing anything differently that than you, you wouldn't have done. You're just, you just doing had to it. follow it through our link. Right. So Which is let funny because I buy a lot of shit on Amazon. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to use the fucking link. Why didn't I do that? Because so, I'm an idiot. Uh, we're going to make that easier for you guys to do in the future and not have to like, let me find a link where they link to Amazon. We'll figure out a, uh, a better Front way to, to get that, to do that. Like maybe like sticky it on the forums we'll put a or link something. To it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we're going to have a link in this episode's page where you can pick up GTA, but also, you know, always the, the music in GTA is amazing. Just absolutely amazing. I, the yeah. first radio the, stations, the, I was going to ask one of the biggest CD sets I ever bought, like was uh the vice city soundtrack an eight cd set it's incredible uh, yeah i bought that shit with matt spill we split it because it was too <laughs> fucking expensive those are all real music yeah, yeah. now I, man i miss the days of the fake radio stations don't i mean because because these radio stations they get you get fake ads there's a there's a whole radio oh, station of ta- ads, yeah. uh, talk radio i guess people who listen to the show like nerdy show probably know that uh, I'm a pretty big music nerd, and when Mark with a C isn't doing the real congregation, I'm doing the fake congregation. So I love <laughs> I love cool music. I love weird music. Grand Theft Auto always gets like a seal of approval from me. Like in in GTA Five alone, I'm hearing this like a a, a relatively eclectic Alan Parsons jam that I really really love that uh, that no one else has ever. I, I don't typically unless I'm talking to somebody like Mark. They're not like, oh yeah, that Mar- that Alan Parsons track, fuck yeah. Or um, there's a Italo disco track by Kano, and like I've only met one other guy who even knows who that is. So it's it's cool. Kano, and from even outside of Street that, Fighter, right from Street Fighter. Yeah. I mean, no. Mortal Kombat. No. I'm sorry. No, the, the, the Italo <laughs> no, from Street Fighter. <laughs> Kano from Street Fighter, everyone. <laughs> and on the other hand, I'm not eclectic, and I get to enjoy songs like Rhythm of the Night making a return. And there's a there's a really great scene with some Phil Collins in it. And uh, is there any Daft Punk or Katy Perry? That's all I want to know. No. There is Britney Spears though. <sighs> Nobody um, likes Britney Spears is the poor man's Katy Perry. <laughs> um, but it, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. They're, they have three volumes of music out so far right now. They have volume one, the original original music, as in brand new music from a huge array of artists that's featured for the first time in GTA Five. So they're real artists, and they made it specifically for the game. Before yeah, it's or, or at least, yeah, or at least before it's on their out on their albums. That's like, cool. Uh, Waves, Twin Shadow, Tyler the Creator from um, Odd Future, and mm. uh, oh, <laughs> nice and Loiter Squad. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and of course, the soundtrack with a whole bunch of like a, a compilation of all the tracks from like the radio, not all the tracks, but at least some of the tracks, and then the score. This is the first time the GTA has had a full-blown original score with, uh, with elements that change depending on what you're doing in the game. You know, it's all amorphous. It bleeds together. Massive, like, nerd credibility for them. Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream... Did are, the score for them? They are one of three groups that did the score. Like that, That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Tangerine Dream, uh, Woody Jackson, who did Red Dead Redemption and L.A. Noir, and uh, the hip-hop producing team... The Alchemist and Oh No. So there's no way it's bad. It's great. It can't That's be bad. It's, it's great. Now, so all those, all those things, you can get all those records for nine ninety nine a piece, or all together as a full compilation for twenty four ninety nine, and we'll have links to where you can pick all that up. That's 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 the sales pitch thing there. But I mean, oh my god, it's so good. Like the tagline for the game, just oh my god, it's so good. Okay, before we go though, before we finish this this discussion of GTA Five, where do you rank it? Where do I rank it? In like a scale of one to ten, or in all no, games in ever? terms of the Rockstar games. Oh, one out of five elements. How many? Uh, I've I've pretty much I'm my my toe is in the water here. Like I'm just getting the feel of it. Like Tony said, I haven't even got to the third character yet. So so you're still in the beginning, pretty much. Tony, as somebody who has wrapped this up, this is the culmination of everything that Rockstar has been doing for the past ten years. Manhunt, including a little bit of Manhunt. 
Okay. I it just is, had to it make has sure. the combat from Max Payne 3. It's got the level of detail and world atmosphere that Red Dead Redemption had, along with a lot of the city elements and level of detail in terms of that that GTA 4 had. I feel that it is not only a cap to this generation of consoles, but a cap to Rockstar's abilities as creators and storytellers. And my conclusion is I'm going to go and buy it now. Well, it's about? too late now, but I'm gonna as soon as I wake up and use the nerdy show link to do it. Oh, oh yeah, Amazon. See, I already forgot, man. That's why I need to have it on my wrist tattooed. <laughs> nerdy show link, Amazon. And then real quick, I'm gonna turn that around on you, Colin. Where yeah. do you rank it? Uh, I, I, I haven't finished it, so it had. I can't give it a, a full on, but I have beaten all of the Rockstar games since Vice City with 100. percent Um, and I Jeez. do have to say that for me, um, the Phone calling thing did not bother me as much as everybody else did. I don't know why, uh, but I rank it below GTA 4, and uh, I, I say that Red Dead is probably the best game that Rockstar's ever made. They got horses, so it's not really fair. So, but that's just me. Uh, and does that list include L.A. Noir? L.A. Noir is in there, yes. Okay. Yes. Noir it, is, is it, it does it does beat out Ellie Noir. I'll, however, I love Ellie Noir for what it is. It's just it got too uh, very long. Yeah. Well, Ellie Noir also wasn't really a Rockstar game. It was a Team Bondi game that was released under the Rockstar banner. Right. 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 So. So whatever the case. Yes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll reevaluate. But for right now, it's uh, right it's under Red Dead. Four and Red Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to, if you want to buy the game, if you want to buy anything through Amazon and support Nerdy Show in doing it, go ahead and follow the links. That would be a super good thing. Just yeah, you know, if you want to buy an LCD TV, buy it through the link. Yeah, stuff stuff you're buying anyway. Just stuff you're buying anyway. You're all, you're already doing it. Just do it and uh, click we, that link so we can get that paper. Yeah, we would like some paper, please. It's it's a dead buy, buy us some paper because our printer is running low. Yeah, and some toner. A ream. Um, anyway, uh, you thank you so much for listening. Uh, bye. I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Tony. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Colin. Vote for Mass Effect. <laughs> Don't, yes, if, just if, to spite Colin. If, you're still, if, if, if it's still September when you're listening to this, September 2013, go ahead and, and do some damage in the RPG support drive. If there's, if there's anything you can do, uh, decide what role-playing system you want to win. Taking us out, we got something from DJ Cutman's label Game Chops. This is Mega Air by Pixelator.
Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is made possible by A Comic Shop, Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of listeners like you. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or making a contribution in our monthly support drives. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show voxophones and pictograms. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, kinetoscopes, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. We just you know there was other. a Bobby's World video game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I said yes. It was, it was inside of my head. <laughs> it was inside <laughs> my head, Colin. I, I remember seeing a lot of commercials for it in the back of Disney Adventures, but never actually seeing it in stores. And then I emulated it eventually, and it was terrible. My, that was the best game ever. <laughs> my mom said she got semen all over her, and I saw a pirate ship and men, little men, running all over my mom. Don't I don't you know. understand it. I don't know. It's... Okay. That was I'm back done. before I met your father, <laughs> don't you know? Oh, my God. Okay. To generous to generic. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.